Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Another day in paradise. It's not even like, it's like a really bad Ron Blaskett and Jerry G doll. If you could see the, if this was, honestly, if this what, was did one your of lips the, move? If this was one of those Zoom meeting things, you'd see that I, my mouth just fell open and words came out, but not out of my mouth. Um, but it looked surprises. like they were. Hey, welcome to Food Bites with thanks to Cheese Links. I'm Kevin Hillier. At least I think I am. Sorry, let me see if that's working. <laughs> no, yep, I am. And you're Sarah Patterson. Lovely to see you, Kevin. And we have a wonderful program coming up, a terrific Friday food poll. Oh, look, it's epic. It's becoming epic. <laughs> and and look, just apologies to those whose comments we yeah. don't get to include in the in the wrap-up at the end because it's become... It goes uh, off like a frog yes. in a sock. Yes, it's become massive and uh, the editing process now takes much wow. longer than it used to, I can tell you. This one's a particularly polarising one too. It is a big one, uh, as is our guest, Gary Ayres. Now, when you talk about football mm. finals uh, in the AFL and you talk about September... This man is lovingly known as Mr. September, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah, what a fitting guest to have. Five premierships, two Norm Smith medals. Uh, he's, uh, he's taken Port Melbourne in the last uh, the term that he's had there, Port Melbourne, to 11 final series. He just he, He's a man for finals. You talk about finals, he's the man you want to talk and to. And he's a very easygoing uh, bloke. And Good fella. I'll be interested to see what he gets up to in the kitchen. Yes, we will. Uh, and, uh, of course, now these days doesn't have that massive great big mullet that he used to have. <laughs> a bit like your good Self-care. He had the most impressive mullet of I them all. I certainly didn't fall in love with you for your mullet, but yeah, it's not Cheese a story altogether. <laughs> is the people that we are talking about. 52821984, that's the number to give Janet yes. a buzz. And uh, Father's Day is this weekend. Mm. So, you know. Get on to it. Get a get a uh, voucher uh, from uh, 52821984 or cheeselinks.com.au. Yeah, get some equipment. There is nothing like making your own cheese. The sense of satisfaction yep. and pride in, uh, you know, churning out a big block of halloumi, which I did in quite spectacular fashion when we did the cheese-making <sighs> workshop. Uh, it is, it's a wonderful pastime. It's so easy. I'm going to get Janet on one day to tell the truth about <laughs> what your halloumi actually looked like and what it actually was like. Yeah, well, you just stick to the stirring. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, 52821984, that's the number, cheeselinks.com.au, all the social media platforms. Please jump on those. We'll let you know the results of our Friday food poll after our guest, but it is the man who's five uh, premierships and just uh, he is Mr September, Gary Ayres. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Emerges picked up by Morrissey, hand pass onto Ayres, Ayres steps over a player, magically kicks towards goal and has put it through with as much poise as you would ever, ever see. Hello, Gary. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Sarah's with me as well. G'day, Gary. Uh, g'day, Sarah. <laughs> oh, well, just to start with, though, Gary, how uh, how has lockdown been treating you? Uh, yeah, look, Sarah, it's always interesting, I guess, when you're stuck at home. And uh, look, I'm, I'm okay. I think there's a lot worse people off in relation to what we're currently experiencing. But if it is what retirement is, a little bit down the track for me, I'm certainly sure I'm not ready for retirement. So I think I've almost done as many jobs around the house as I can and it's almost that you go out looking for jobs. But I'm <laughs> lucky I live out here in the Dandenong. So there's a few lawns to mow and, of course, there's a 
few leaves to get out of the gutter, although my dear old mum always says at your age you shouldn't be getting up a ladder anymore. Yeah, so. <laughs> do any of those jobs involve getting into the kitchen? They do, they do, and I don't mind getting into the kitchen. Uh, my partner and I, we have a, a pretty good arrangement, I guess, previously when you're coming home late at night, you don't sort of concern yourself too much because you're getting home after hours, so to speak. So, yeah, no, we, we try and, I guess, enjoy what we both like to eat and, uh, yeah, I like to have a bit of a crack. I wouldn't say I'm great, but I don't mind having a bit of a crack, put it that way, and I think the way my COVID coat is, I'm probably uh, delving a bit too much into the kitchen. <laughs> what, what kind of stuff would you be likely to have a crack at? I certainly love cooking lasagna. Mm. I think that's uh, really, really nice the way my partner and I uh, do that. I love my roast lamb and I'll have a bit of a crack at uh, just clearly putting some salt and pepper on that and, of course, then waiting it to cook. And then about the last 15 minutes, I'll actually drizzle a little bit of honey over it and then um, the potatoes are cooking and we like to use a bit of sage and put those in and they end up becoming a little bit crispy with uh, some uh, pumpkin as well. I don't mind cauliflower and white sauce there as well. Oh, Oh, yes. So uh, so that's a little bit of a combination. Um, My partner likes curry. And I did uh, have the opportunity to go to India a few years ago and I was a little bit uh, concerned because I'm not a real hot curry person, but the food just blew me away and just the taste and the spices and all that sort of stuff. So we've had a little bit of a crack at uh, dal since we uh, got back from India a few Uh years ago. Um, I sometimes find I don't necessarily have the patience though and... uh, even though I'll get the ingredients all together, I'm not a real uh, dab at, you know, how they do that really fast knife work. I might lose a few <laughs> fingers if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. But with, uh, with Indian food, you say it really blew you away. It didn't blow your head off, though, because um, with Indian food, traditionally, we, we, we think, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be too hot, but it's all about the spices, isn't it, and the aromatics and the fragrant side of it. Oh, 100%. And I guess we're probably a little bit lucky because, as uh, anyone that's experienced Indian life, it's just manic and crazy and there's just clearly so many people. And the actual tour that we were on, they took us to uh, a lot of restaurants that were probably a little bit more uh, reserved, I guess, and, and out of town a little bit. So it was just nice to sit there and just experience it. Yeah, so I, I loved it. Clearly the other things are stuff that would uh, blow your mind, you know, in relation to poverty and just how so many people can live in an area and just seeing them on the, you know, sort of side of the road with their little uh, plastic uh, tents, I used to call them, and then the bus would stop and then, of course, you would have people coming up and knocking on the door and, you know, little handouts here and there. So, yeah, that was probably not the good side of it, but certainly the going to the Taj Mahal, that blew my mind, actually, talking about blowing your mind. and. yeah, it's just amazing to see one of the, the seven or eight wonders of the world. So, yeah, but no, I was very, very, very happy I went to experience the food and, uh, you know, I came out of it okay. So it was uh, was all good. But I guess I try and experiment just a little bit, but uh, I don't mind giving things a go. I'm sort of a bit of a – I love duck if it's cooked the right way as well. Yeah. Um, so when I used to live in uh, Paran, uh, we go down to the Paran market and uh, get some uh, duck from there and yeah, cook it up. So, yeah, no, happy to experiment. 
See, I know, um, I know Kevin wouldn't go for duck because he would look at that Gary and he'd say, you know, it's too pink. Yeah. Got to cook it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that's the secret always. Um, and again, there is a bit of a difference between myself and my partner. I'm probably about a, a medium, whereas my partner, she likes it uh, sort of rare to medium. And, yeah. yeah that's, that's interesting to see. But <laughs> each to their own, as I'm sure you two guys would know. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. I guess that's what makes... That's what makes food such a uh, enticing part of our life is that everyone likes different tastes. Are you a barbecue person, Gary? Yes, I can be, Kev, and I don't mind going for the old gourmet sausages Mm. and uh, chicken fillets and clearly you've got to have the burgers and the marinades as well. (laughs) And um, there's one thing actually when uh, I went over to, to... Thailand to Phuket and stayed on a little island there a, a few years ago and they did this lovely crispy salmon fillets that had a lovely uh, teriyaki sauce oh, and yeah. uh, used to marinate that in it for a few hours and whack that on the barbie and uh, a couple of minutes either side and yeah clearly that became a bit of a favourite of mine but I tend to sort of go ballistic for a little bit and then you sort of had it that often you get a bit sick of it after a while but <laughs> it's always nice to come back to it and fish is nice and healthy as we know. Absolutely. Has your eating habits changed over the years? I mean obviously you, you eat differently now to you did when you're in the in the height of your playing days? Oh most definitely. Um, when I was married uh, and being part of I guess the Hawthorne machine I think they might have been the first club that ever actually engaged a dietitian and Karen Inge was yeah. her name. You yeah. may have heard of her. Yeah. And, and Yeah, she was just amazing for all of us. And she used to take the married guys and the single guys for a bit of a tour of the, the shopping market and then basically, I guess, lead us to uh, what we needed to have. And then she'd cook meals for us if we wanted. And then she would also give recipes to the partners. And so we would have the old carbohydrate loading, as they called it back in those days. And and my ex-wife, she was really, really good in that regard. And I guess we sort of come Thursday, Friday, really hooked into what was going to give you a lot of energy and all that sort of stuff. And uh, But I must admit, Kev, since uh, I've given the playing days away, uh, it's not, <laughs> there's not the discipline that I uh, once had, put it that way. So uh, I don't think, can you cook chocolate? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't hang around long enough at our house to cook it. So you're a sweet tooth? Very much so, yeah, very much so. And it's a real weakness saying that and probably red wine syrup, so uh, <laughs> a nice Shiraz. <laughs> I'm really surprised when you say that Karen Inge was um, was doing the dietitian side of things uh, back in the days when, when, you know, the Hawthorne machine was in action because we know that dietitians and nutritionists are kind of par for the course these days, but I wouldn't have thought um, back then it would be such a, uh, a big thing. So that was um, that was something quite different, I would have thought. Innovative. Yeah, and I think, as you said, it was different and, and as Kev said, innovative. And I think that's why Hawthorne were such a powerhouse because they were always trying to get ahead of the curve. So, And and the way she presented it too, it ended up becoming a real little uh, competition between all the boys because she had the old uh, skin fold measurements back in those oh. days. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, that, and Alan Jeans used to do his own caliper test where he'd come up after the uh, start of pre-season and see who was in the fat club or not. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> <we>, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he used to call it the fat club. So there'd be a few boys that would end up being in that. And, of course, you can imagine what they used to cop from the guys that weren't in the fat club, clearly. So, <laughs> <laughs> and um, did you get told you, off if you, um, you know, if you're found to be lacking or wanting? <laughs> 
Uh, you didn't get told off by the coach. He would sort of give you that look that Alan had, which I think was enough in most instances. But it was actually the ribbing and uh, you can imagine what the boys would be going to town on if you end up being part of the old fat club. And Alan Jeans' uh, quote was always, always look at the people who wear their, and this is obviously the males, always look at the uh, boys that actually wear their shirts out. Don't tuck them in. That's a sign that they're trying to hide their fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness gracious me! Uh, very good. Wasn't he also famous for saying that sausages that you can cook them, boil them, but they're still sausages? In some sort of <laughs> analogy, he was doing at one stage to something. <laughs> he, he did. He did, Kevin. That's a great segue into our little program here, and uh, of course, but maybe he was actually seeing how intelligent we were because he did say. You can boil them, you can curry them, and you can fry them. And then one day he threw in, you can scramble them. And we just all <laughs> looked at one another and thought, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, he, is he questioning our intelligence or uh, is he just uh, a slip of the tongue? <laughs> so, uh, he did, but his analogy with that was that basically when you look at it, you can present them all in a different way, but still the main ingredient is just sausages and yeah. it's just all in the presentation and clearly our, uh, our little chat is all about yeah how we can make our, uh, I guess our food uh, look that much nicer on the plate. But if it's any good, I found out it doesn't last all that long so the presentation doesn't matter too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Funny, Kevin and I were just talking about sausages the other day, how um, they're just not how they used to be. They're just, they're smaller, they're a bit grisly. It's, it's hard to find a good sausage these days. Well, Sarah, if you want to, I've actually got on to uh, a style which is black pepper and Worcestershire sauce. So uh, if you want to see whether your local butcher does that, and I had pork, chilli and fennel the other day, and um, yeah, they actually weren't too bad because we've got a a few really good butchers around the local area, and I think they all sort of try and outdo one another, but yeah, the black pepper and Worcestershire sauce, I actually found that to be quite nice. Oh. And the other thin ones, they're not the big fat ones. Yeah, yeah good. Kevin, good, good, you'd good, go, good. the Worcestershire one. Absolutely, would go them. Hey, is there anything you won't eat, Gary? Brains. <laughs> I think everyone would probably uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, would draw the uh, uh, the line at that. Um, and not much else, Kev, really, because, as I said, I'm – Pretty keen to try most things. I actually, uh, this was really interesting. I did, uh, and I've done a bit of travel over the years, and anyway, we went to China and we lobbed in a little restaurant. And unbeknownst to me, one of the local delicacies was bullfrog soup. Oh! Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, of course, I was with a couple of girls and, um, anyway, they all said, well, we'll order that because it's a delicacy. And anyway, we won't eat it, though. You have to try it. So uh, <laughs> I did try that, and I must admit I uh, didn't have two more than a couple of, um, I guess, spoonfuls. And, and one of the other girls that I was with, she's actually Chinese, and she said, oh, look, you can't leave that because it's a – a delicacy, oh, so uh, oh, we ended up getting the little. Uh, yeah, it was a bit rude, so I felt a bit bad. But <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> we ended up taking it. I didn't actually uh, take it home, but the the, uh, the girl that we were, my partner and another friend were with, so she ended up taking it to her parents, and they just loved it. So at least someone got oh, some wow. good out of it. But what did it yeah, taste like? I wasn't, Gary? Uh, I wasn't crazy about it. Pardon? What did it taste like? <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> uh, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it sort of had a. 
All I can say is, Kevin, had a unique taste. Put it oh, that okay. way. Oh, jeez. Hang on. So, are we talking whole bullfrogs or blended bullfrogs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all I could think of was a little bullfrog going in there. So, yeah, uh, exactly. Do you know what? <laughs> well, you'd be a great candidate for I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here with that kind of experience. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oh, well, I've had that and, and actually at Night Market I had, uh, uh, what would I say, um, uh, all different things. Have you ever been one of the night markets in uh, China and uh, it was actually uh, barbecued scorpion I had. So that was very crispy and crunchy yeah. as well. So, uh, But, yeah, there's some very interesting things at those markets, that's for sure. Oh, oh, that'd be no, right. But we've, we've established that you are, you love your sweet things, Gary. So if you were going to have, say, a, um, you know, a big sweet blowout in front of the telly of a night on the weekend and you could have a selection and array of all your favourite things, what would, uh, what would be in your stash of uh, sweet things? Oh, you'd have to go Tim Tams, wouldn't you, Sarah? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Oh, I love I love the Tim Tams, and I'm also uh, a bit of a fan of plain old hazelnut chocolate as well, mm. and and cherry ripes is the other one. I had a little, just a little quick story that um, oh, I must have been about four years ago. I uh, walked out of the uh, Trevor Barker Oval down there in Sandringham, and anyhow, I was a little bit hungry, so of course I bought a couple of cherry ripe bars. And anyway, the guys hadn't played that well, and of course it was like a light, light bulb moment. I just thought. <laughs> My boys, they just got hungry enough. So when I went in on the Monday, I actually used the analogy that I just don't think you guys are hungry enough for success anymore and that you want to win. And I said, you know what I'll do? For every game that we win now, I will go out and buy a bag of cherry ripes and you'll each get one of those bite-sized cherry ripes as a reward. (laughs) Uh, So we actually did that up until, yeah, we finished uh, this year. So there you go. The little uh, reward was a little cherry ripe. And was that a success? Was that a popular move? It was. It was because... uh, Back in the day, the first year, we actually used to have both the seniors and the reserves or development, as they called it. And, of course, anyway, the boys used to come up on a Monday, and I'd only give it to the seniors, by the way. And if the reserves won, they'd be asking, hey, Gary, where's uh, our cherry ripes? I said, you got to get a senior game before you get a cherry ripe. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a pecking order in everything you do in life, isn't there? <laughs> Yeah, that certainly is, Kev. <laughs> hey, uh, this time of the year must uh, must rekindle some great memories for you of, of the success that you enjoyed with that. I mean, you refer to it as the Hawthorne machine, but it really was. It was a, an, an unbelievable time for, for you as a player and for, for that football club, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, Kev. It was one of the best times of my life, really. Like, I arrived as a 17-year-old skinny young lad from the country and didn't have a licence. I had to and train it everywhere and, wow, coming into city life from the country. And then, yeah, end up being there 16 years, which at the time was probably half my life almost. And growing up as a young boy into a, an adult and just being part of that wonderful time it was just really, really fantastic to be part of. And it's hard to explain to some people too how good it was, but look, clearly there's the sacrifices and the hard work that you have to put in along the way. But yeah, just the camaraderie, the chemistry, uh, the enjoyment, and we're still doing that well. We can't do it now in lockdown, but we would have had another reunion this year, the 1991, mm. which would have been 30 years. So they're always great nights to catch up with. But yeah, no, it was fantastic, Kev. There could have been, I guess, uh, a little bit earlier, and maybe I wouldn't have experienced any or much success at all, really, 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's been plenty of great players, Bob Skilton and the late Trevor Barker and these boys that never really played in finals and or grand finals. So, yeah, I'm truly blessed and lucky, mate to be part of such a great team. Oh, look, you're a hell of a player. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you were, uh, as, a, as a supporter of another club watching, you are one of the players that you you watched from the other sides and went, oh, geez, I wish he had one of our <laughs> jumpers on rather than someone else's. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, oh, I appreciate that. Uh, and two Norm Smith medals, five premiership, I mean, all that stuff. And then and then you've uh, obviously really enjoyed your coaching and, you, and you're going back to the Burbs. Yes, I am. Yes, I uh, have been sitting back and talking to a lot of different people about uh, particular opportunities and, yeah, quite chuffed and humbled, actually, because I thought I could have been sitting in a darkened room just waiting for the phone to go off. But <laughs> I was uh, lucky enough to have some options and, yeah, settled on the Montrose Football Club and they put it this way, Kevin, I don't uh, have to learn the theme song because it's the same theme song oh, as Melbourne and the, uh, <laughs> and the Mighty Barra, so that'll be a nice uh, thing. But, just where their growth is, where their junior development is and yeah. just the overall professionalism. So, yeah, pretty pleased to be getting back in a part-time role and seeing whatever else might open up with uh, a little bit more time on my hands. Yeah, no, that's good. That's terrific. Now, Gary, if um, you were to put on a famous one of your roast lambs or curries and you were going to invite <laughs> a crowd of people around to dinner and you could have anybody you liked uh, on the guest list, dead or alive, who would be at your dinner table? I well, that's a good question, Sarah. Who who would I like? I wouldn't mind actually having Winston Churchill, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a bit of a, I guess a, a, a Second World War sort of history buff, so to speak, and I think he would be great to actually see how he operated the stories he could tell, the motivation that he could obviously give people, mm-hmm. and yeah. and clearly he was doing things right up until he was probably what around eighty. I think he might have been still. Uh, involved in uh, politics, um, he'd be one. Alan Jeans, I think, would be another oh, good yeah. one. Yep. Um, <laughs> he was probably uh, the master coach. Not probably. He was the master coach for me. Uh, I wouldn't mind actually having uh, Shane Warne along. Yeah. I think that would be uh, enlightening. Shane likes his uh, wines, and of course, he'd certainly be able to uh, regale with a few stories about his uh, uh, interesting life. So. I think Dustin Martin, too, being a fellow Norm Smith medalist, even though he's got three. Yeah. I think he'd probably be uh, he'd be good to have around. Uh, my best mate, I reckon I'd have to get him in on the scene. We've known each other for probably 55 years, I think, now. Um, a lad that I went to, believe it or not, kindergarten and then uh, primary and then uh, ah, secondary school. Life, so Lifelong, yep. Yeah, yep, absolutely lifelong. Uh, Peter Barwick is his name. And then... The other one, I guess I know this is a little bit sad, but I wouldn't mind having my father uh, there mm. because he unfortunately died when I was 19. So that was, what, yeah. 41 years ago. So it would have been nice to still have him around yeah. as well. So uh, there are probably some names that come to mind, Sarah. Yeah, yeah it's a lovely list. Yeah, it's no, a it's terrific list. Yeah, hey, Gary, who, yeah, do you, who do you like for the grand final this year? Who do you reckon will play in it and who do you reckon will win it? I would have to say right now, Kev, I reckon it would be Melbourne would be the best place. And the way that their footy is being played, their defensive work, their midfield and, and the way they've got their forward line functioning, I think it would be them number one. And then I think Port Adelaide would be sitting really nicely well with the fact that they would probably have two home finals, don't have to travel as much as some of the other teams. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Melbourne a Port Adelaide grand final with Melbourne to win. Yeah, be a good game too, I think. They're two very, very good sides to watch. 
to very absolutely. Hey, Gary. So, and the, hmm? I was just going to say, the AFL's done a wonderful job to keep the season going oh, because yeah. clearly plenty of times it looked like it was going to fall over. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, best of luck with Montrose uh, and, and whatever else the future holds for you. We we really appreciate you taking <laughs> some time out and having a chat to us. It's been terrific. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Oh, good on you, Kev. Nice to meet you, Sarah. Thanks very much and all the best. Stay healthy. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au well, thanks to Gary. What a lovely fella. That was a fantastic conversation. I got right into that. And he is quite the foodie and some of the things he's tried, that story about the bullfrog toad. soup. Well, to- yeah, toad soup, bullfrog soup. That's oh, right. I thought, no. is it pureed or is it actual bullfrogs dotted through the soup? Yeah. Either way, he'd do well in there that is, jungle show, there wouldn't he? There is nothing attractive about a bullfrog. There's, <laughs> there's, there's not one thing about a bullfrog yeah. that makes you think you would want to Apparently eat it. Apparently the frog's legs are delicacies, oh, though, no, aren't they? No, 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 no. no, no, no. But, but, I mean, seriously, you can you can make a case for a whole lot of other animals that you eat. When you look at them, you go, yeah, okay, I can yeah. see why you'd eat that because it's uh, – but there is nothing about a bullfrog <laughs> that is in the least bit yeah. attractive and, that you would think, oh, geez, I want to eat and that. the best story, the cherry rice. Right bars, the fun yeah. size cherry ripes is a coaching <laughs> incentive. Go. They're very simple. I love it. Simple uh, little uh, football uh, anecdotes there, but uh, yeah. very good ones. Thank you, Guess. Thank you. Great to catch up. The Food Fro- Bites Friday Food Poll. <laughs> oh, look, avocados. You either love them or hate them. And because there's two different major varieties, a shepherd and a has, a lot of people – Oh, gosh, get really, really um, opinionated about which one they prefer. So let's see if people like Avos full stop. Rosie Walton, hell to the yes, says Rosie. I sometimes have one, bung a bit of mayo in the hollow and attack it with a spoon for an afternoon snack, but never, ever serve it to me warm. Now, can I just point out, that then turned (laughs) into about a a (laughs) seven-page thing of people talking about warming avocados. Uh, Carolyn says, lemon salt and a spoon is all you need. Jane Barnes. That is a yay from me. Annie Peacock says, uh, love avocados on their own in crunchy salads, in chicken <laughs> salads, or with veggie mite on toast. Yum. Yeah, it's popular. To which Sam Newman says, if you can find one at the supermarket that hasn't been squeezed to death by prospective uh, buyers, so point. true, and then sliced and drizzled with balsamic vinegar and olive oil, they are the pauper's delicacy, Vegemite. Anne, really? He says to Annie Peacock. He's right about them being the paupers because they're down to like a dollar a dollar each. Well, there's a glut. There yeah. is a national glut of avocados. Joe Hall cheap. says avocados with Vegemite is okay. Ah, there you go. John, yay. Sliced on top of your fried eggs and toast. Yeah. A big yes from me, says Merv Hughes. A, jo- a great breakfast for Merv is Vegemite, avocado, bacon and poached eggs on toast. <gasps> yeah, what a great oh, surprise. That'd be right up your alley, Kevin. Big. Rebecca says, I love it. I just found a local farm with creamy ones. Okay, Mm-mm. Tina says, definitely. Gail says, absolutely, have it every day. Silvana, love avocados. Helen, yes, yes, yes. Kathy says, yay, avocado. Lena says, yes, with a... Feck. In the front of it. <laughs> uh, Wayne Max says, well, she's just channeling an Olympian. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Max says, love them, particularly the smooth-skinned ones, oh, which are they're the, the shepherds. shepherds. They're the yeah. bright green ones. Yep. Ah, oh, controversial, Wayne. Diane says, yummy. Uh, Lynette says, hell's bells. Yes, yes, yes. Muriel says, oh, yeah, awesome. 
Kerry Rodder says, I absolutely love them. I eat them just by themselves as you would a banana or a kiwi. Mm. Peel and eat, yum. Love them on toast or in salads or dips. Love a bowl of gunkamali. Uh, <laughs> That's what my mother calls I it. I know. Or in a creamy pasta sauce. Now I've got a hankering for some. Thanks, Pato. I hope we've got to some or you're in big trouble. Danielle says, has, yay. Shepherd, nay. There you go. Michelle says, nay. <laughs> John Vertigan. I love this. Has, is the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Shepherd is Beaver. I'm with him. I'm with him. <laughs> I'm with him. Chris Creasy uh, says, John Vertigan, that makes perfect sense to me. I hate them both. Terry Daniels says, a big nay. Blame the Sydney Royal Easter show many years ago for a bad avocado experience. Just interesting about the Shepherd versus Hass. You know, the great advantage of your Shepherd is that if you slice them in half, they don't go as brown as quickly as the Hass variety. That's but- the problem with them, isn't it? Yeah, but yet most people seem to prefer the the, the texture of the house. But mm, yeah. I digress. I prefer the I prefer the one that does go brown quicker. It yeah, seems, the house seems to have a little bit more taste and creamy texture. Yeah, the other one seems to just be a little bit better. But but the definitive answer to all this is from Wayne. <laughs> and Satan's testicles <laughs> rears its ugly head again. I don't really need to read this. Or its ugly it. testicle again. It's the stupidest, most pointless fruit in the universe. It looks like a petrified scrotum <laughs> and Why? has the pip the size of a Death Star. <laughs> Worse still is the small amount of it you can actually eat smells like the contents of a cow's something. I don't even know what a cow's <laughs> rumen is, but I'm sure it's probably not nice. <laughs> and is the colour of something you see after lancing a particularly nasty boil. Ooh. I'm surprised. Surprised anyone ever gets to eat one, actually, is the life cycle of an avocado is hard, 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 right for three seconds, puddle of squelchy dead fruit mucus. So true. It is true. Uh, another major sin of this food horror is guacamole. <laughs> this culinary travesty looks like someone scraped off the contents of a maternity ward nappy bucket and put it in a bowl. I hope you're not having Mexican tonight anyway. It tastes like the aforementioned uh, someone then boiled the mixture up and added a hobo sock to the pot for extra flavour. And it's become trendy now and turns up or in everything. This is a pity as its foul taste infects (laughs) everything it touches. Its grossness marches through your meal like coronavirus (laughs) marches through Gladys Birch Chicken. What is it? Binge Chicken. Chicken. Binge Chicken. chicken, Like Gladys Binge Chicken's New South Wales. And it shows no No mercy. mercy. Plus the aforementioned trendiness means if you admit you hate them, then people look at you with a shock akin to if you just vomited on the Pope. It's a resounding no from me. Now, don't wait no, for this. Really? Ready, ready for this one. Yeah. I wish I could take the Wayno canon of food righteousness and wipe this evil good of misery from the face of the earth for good. Oh, Wayno, you've outdone yourself. Actually, I'd be exhausted after Tell I wrote that one if I was you. Tell us how you really feel. So, uh, Wayne, uh, ben, ben answers Wayne by saying the fact that it needs to be smashed before it's edible says it all. <laughs> and as uh, Lauren says, the final word is it's more like... Avocar, no. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no, it. more for than against avocados, yeah. even with the, the, the torrent that we received of, uh, of responses. Yeah. Certainly uh, more people like it than loathe it. Yeah. I had it for breakfast this morning on it's my toast. Finic- it's a finicky uh, food. It's well, it depends, but if you get a good one, you think yes. Yeah, I've got to be. I've sort of got to be in the mood, and it works for me with prawns and a few other dishes, but not 
Mm. Not generally. I wouldn't care if it wasn't in my salad ever again you in my have, life. You, well, yeah, I would. No, I you have to be uh, quick with them because, as Wayne points out, oh. they kind of spontaneously combust well, if you, you leave them too op- long. You can open the bowling for Australia with them <laughs> on one hand and the next minute you can't touch them because they'll go... Poof. Well, that's the problem. And the shepherd ones, I think, are more likely to be rock hard than uh Is than the there house. a way the supermarkets could do could do it so as not everyone picks them up like I do and then we yeah. all do it, pick them up and, and go, no, nah, don't want that one, uh, no, nah, too well, hard. Well, you're not nah, supposed to squeeze the bottom part. To find a uh, an avocado, whether it's ripe or not, apparently you squeeze the um, the thin part up the top. Oh, till... But it still requires some squeezing. That'll be great. Coles and uh, Woolies will have uh, avocado police next. Yeah, That's but if you know. want to ripen them at home, chuck them in a brown paper bag yep. with yep. a banana. Oh, okay. The gas from the banana, which it emits, will uh, make the avocado riper. When does since when has bananas got gas? <laughs> They're related to the egg family. Oh, oh well, <laughs> the eggs have got gas, but the, we've already covered that. Oh. Cheeselinks.com.au is the website. All the social media platforms. <laughs> You've got gas. Five two eight two one nine eight four. That's the number to give Janet a call to talk to uh, Cheese Links. And that's enough from us. We're out of gas, and we'll see you next time when we'll have an equally wonderful guest as Gary Ayres. Well, at least I don't claim to be gasless, as oh, some yes. people do around I here. I don't claim to be that. I just don't. You say sh- you are. I, uh, yeah. No. No. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.